It is that time of the week where we kind of go through some of the policing issues. We bring in Mr. John Reed to the conversation, president of the uh, Toronto Police Association. Good to have you. Good morning, Alex. How are you today? Good, good, good. Um, how, how long have you, or how closely have you been following the mayoral campaign? Are you watching? I might be paying a little bit of attention, yes. <laughs> a little, yeah. I'm sure there's a few candidates yeah. that you would prefer over others. <laughs> One of the um, issues I want to talk about is safe supply, because we do seem to be having a conversation about it. And and obviously, you know, there are candidates there who are all in. Uh, Olivia Chow will continue on it. Um, you know, Josh Matlow will enshrine it. Then you've got candidates like Saunders, Mark Saunders, who says, look, I won't expand it, but I won't get rid of it. And then you've got Anthony Fury, who says, no, we got to get this cleaned up. And we need to get in into the treatment area. Um, how, how difficult? I don't know if you can kind of characterize for the officers, given all the the, the the fallout from this. How hard is this to police for them? Well, I think from the policing point, it is rather difficult to police. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, have these uh, you know individuals who have an addiction. And now we've uh, have the safe injection sites, and there's a lot of collateral damage I think for these injection sites to the communities in which they're um, they're placed, and that's something I think which really does get lost. You know, when you have communities and parks and families that are directly affected by these, um, you know, it's one thing to put the site in a place where um, it's supposed to assist people with the addictions, but what about the families and the communities? Uh, and I think, you know, if you're providing someone a safe injection site or even a safe supply. Where's the where's the next step to try and get people off of these drugs to assist with rehab? You know, this is something mm-hmm. which I think hasn't really been thought all the way through. It hasn't been thought of at all. I mean, it just seems like like, like I get that you needed a band aid fix because the governments at every level ignored this for so long and allowed it to take hold, and now we've got people, um, you know, getting addicted every day, and it is getting worse here. And their only solution so far is to keep people. Um, on some kind of supply of drugs, and, and they're looking, John, I don't know if you guys know this, they're, the Toronto Health wants to do what BC did, which is decriminalize cocaine and heroin, meth, fentanyl, and all the rest, and out in BC again, it's like they're starting to have real problems, and, and I don't know how you will police all of this if, you know, we know there's a criminal el- element to this. We know that criminals will find a way to to exploit uh, those who can be exploited, and so um, you know, I, I don't know how that's going to be policed if we continue down. I mean, tents in parks, people all over the place. And, and are you able even to respond to calls at this point? Well, I think uh, so. The call piece, no. Um, like we're actually being short staffed. The Auditor General's report um, from a year and a half ago uh, was very clear. We are understaffed. Our calls sometimes are taking 21 minutes to respond to a 911 call, which is unacceptable for our members and also unacceptable for the public. But I think going back to the injection site and safe supply and all these issues, you know, our members, they're, they're now stuck with having to deal with, uh, you know, loitering, handhandling, mm-hmm. um, you know, rising street level uh, drug trafficking that, that ends up targeting the people that this is supposed to help. You know, and, and I think it is just very short sighted, you know, to come up with a, a solution that's not a full solution that is kind of runs the full circle is what you need to do. Um and these pilots, I appreciate, they have to be pilots and they have to be pressure tested. If we don't pressure test these um, these pilots and see the pros and the cons, um, yeah. there's a problem. And we can't just current blanche, allow people to do whatever they want to do. 
But that is what's happening, John. And the problem is, if you say anything, uh, you're 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 not compassionate. And, and but but it does really wreak havoc on, on communities. And what we're what you see is it starts in one location, but it does tend to spread. And so people will get their safe supply, but they will go anywhere to do the drugs. And businesses have to deal with it. The fallout has to deal with it. I can only imagine it's a matter of time before this starts to. Uh, you know, if we continue going down this road, um, I, I, and going the routes of Seattle and San Francisco and other cities, I, I don't know what our city looks like anymore. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think part of the piece here is we have to kind of look forward. You know, uh, to your point, look at the examples in other cities where they've actually done this. Look at, mm. look at what's taken place. Um, Portland. You know, and, and I think we really do. Yeah, Portland. But we owe it to the citizens of Toronto to make sure we don't end up in that situation. People have to be held accountable for their actions. And I think, unfortunately, uh, you know, these days people are not being held accountable. Yeah, well, certainly not those in charge. They just kind of bring in these programs and then let, let everyone else deal with it. Um, you know, it is Pride Month that kicks off uh, today. And um, they're going to have massive, massive events. And they, they have seen costs for uh, policing costs, obviously, paid duty officers uh, go up substantially. And, and obviously, um, that goes up with, with the economy. Um, let me ask you this. What has changed, certainly, for, for the police when it comes to covering these large gatherings and, and, and what your, I guess, obligation is to, to keep them covered? So a lot of the pay duties, a lot of people don't realize that the uh, pay duty officers are actually mandated by the city of Toronto. Um, you know, they'll assist with critical infrastructure, development projects, and as well as cultural events. Um, that these things cannot go on, um, you know, without the pay duty officers. And, you know, people will ask, well, you know, how do you guys decide how many police officers you need? Well, the reality mm -hmm. is it's actually done uh, through a risk matrix created by the service. You know, and that's intended to allocate the appropriate number of officers to ensure safety of the public that attend. But given the circumstances, I guess we face now with uh, and the area where the parade is, as you know, big area where we've seen a lot of problems. Um, have have they have to change things? I mean, I know that Pride and other events are saying, "Look, we need more officers, and we need what what we can't afford." But uh, given some of the challenges we were up against, um, what would your officers be doing? Are you are are there going to be more officers around? Well, so my understanding is uh, this year's Pride event, they've actually changed the footprint of it and expanded okay. it and also expanded oh. some of the hours. So in doing that, when you increase the size of an event, you also now increase the number of police officers required to attend to ensure public safety. So I think that's only that's part of what the additional cost for uh, is in relation to uh, the event itself. Yeah, but they're they're very difficult in this climate. I mean, Pride, and I'm thinking a big event. It could be Pride or Caravana, any of these things. Um, it, it, they're challenging. I don't think it's like covering it in the last few years. I think there's a difference in the way it, these things have to be policed. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. But I think, you know, obviously, anytime the service puts together a plan, we're always looking to maximize public safety. And our members are going to do that as well when they attend these events. You know, and the reality is, all our members want is for everyone to go there, have a great time, yeah. and go home. You know, that's the goal yeah. we have all the time. Well, certainly hope that happens because, uh, boy, we've got a whole bunch of different issues colliding all at the same time. And we know that hate uh, is on the rise. We know that drug use is on. There's so many variables that have to be watched. Other thing is I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I saw the headline. I thought, oh, here we go again. A group of lawyers already saying that um, that they're going to challenge the bail, um, you know, reforms that are being brought in. Uh, Lametti was uh, clear in saying, look, we think these are going to be uh, meet the constitutionality. But I'm beginning to think, John, it doesn't matter what is put forward. There will always be lawyers who say, we'll find a way to get out of it. Um, I, I would tend to agree. And I think, 
you know, the reality with, with lawyers, um, you know, their job is to do the best they can for their client. Uh, that's their obligation. Uh, they will challenge new laws that are brought in. But I think it's also important, it's incumbent on the government uh, to do everything they can to ensure that the average citizen here in, in Canada is protected mm-hmm. and to make sure that their rights are not superseded by one uh, by that of a criminal. And, and that's where we've gone. I think everybody, um, anybody that's uh, kind of a regular person will look at things and agree. The pendulum has gone way too far uh, towards the, the uh, individual's interests that are committing these crimes. And we're not coming, we're not far enough looking after the victims. And that's an important piece, I, I think. And this legislation, I think, is a start. Uh, it may have you not, had a chance uh, to read through it? Result. I haven't had, a, I'll be honest, I have not had a chance to dig all the way through it. But I think yeah. the, you know, one of the critical pieces here uh, is to make sure that public safety is the number one issue and to try and protect our uh, you know, citizens here from the repeat violent offenders. These aren't the people that are arrested for shoplifting. Yeah. These are people yeah. that are a direct threat to, uh, you know, the people each and every day in the city. Yeah, I think context really matters. And so, yeah, I think, look, these are not for, like, you know, petty crime, you know, misadventure, those kinds of things. These are, if, you, if we have to continually fight to keep the most dangerous people, I just think we've lost our, lost our way, and I get it. They, everyone's got a, a right to bail and to, to try to get bail, but that doesn't mean everyone should get it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something which we've never, ever uh, kind of lost sight of. You know, everyone is entitled to that right. And I think it's important to protect it. But at a certain point, I think that balance needs to be shifted. The balance needs to be shifted from the individual who's repeatedly caught with firearms, illegal firearms, or repeatedly committing armed robberies. You know, um, you know that, that person needs to be held in custody. You can't let them continually go out and ravage society. It has to stop. Mm-hmm. And so far, luckily, we haven't had a lot of uh, gang shootings uh, in that. So let's hope the uh, trend continues. Out of time, John. Uh, thanks so much for joining. Thank you very much. You have a great weekend. You as well. That is John Reed joining us from the Toronto Police Association. I wonder if they'll endorse anybody. Who would they endorse? Saunders? Fury?